0: If an ox belonging to Ruvain was chasing after another ox belonging to Shimon, and we'll assume there are witnesses who saw Ruvain's ox chasing after Shimon's ox. And then the Huzak, Shimon's ox is found later on having been damaged, but there are no witnesses who saw the actual damage. Ze'imer Shimon says Shokochizak. Ruvain, your ox did the damage. There are witnesses who saw the ox chasing after my ox. It's quite simple and quite obvious that your ox did the damage, so you are obligated to pay me. But Ruvain says, That's not the case. Your ox got injured on a rock. It ran into a rock itself. My ox didn't do anything to your ox. Says the Mishnah, A very important rule that somebody who wants to take money from someone else, is only able to do so if he can prove that he is entitled to that money. So only if Shimon can bring witnesses to testify that sh- that it was Reuven's ox who actually did the damage, only then can he force Reuven to pay him, but if not, then it could indeed be that Shimon's ox was injured on the rock. And even though it's much more likely that it was Reuven's ox who did it, we, we saw Reuven's ox chasing after that ox, there's still a big possibility that Shimon's ox, while it was running away from Ruven's ox, that it ended up bumping into a rock and injuring itself. And even though Ruvain's ox caused that, he caused it indirectly. And it wasn't he himself who did the action which damaged him, and therefore Ruven would be exempt, even if that is what happened. But even if that's not what happened, it could be that indeed Ruvain's ox stopped chasing after Shimon's ox, and Shimon's ox still got damaged. There is no proof that Ruvain is the one who damaged Shimon that Ruven's ox is the one who injured Shimon's ox, and therefore Shimon cannot take any money until he proves that, that is the case. What happens if he Schnein reads from There are witnesses who saw two oxen, one belonging to Ruvain, one belonging to Levi, and they were running after Shimon's ox. And there are witnesses who saw that an ox, that, that one of those two oxen, Gord, Shimon's Ox, so we know that it wasn't done by a rock, it was definitely done by one of these two oxen, but we're not sure which one. Was it Ruvain's Ox which did the damage to Shimon's Ox? Or was it Levi's Ox which did the damage? Ze'oimar, Ruvain says, Shorch Hizek, Levi, your ox did the damage, Vazerimar, Levi says to Ruvain, no, Shocha Hizek, your ox did the damage. Now, neither of them know what happened, but they're claiming that it might have been done by your ox, so I know, I, I owe Shimma nothing. Says Mishnah, Shnei and Peturim, they are both exempt and Shimon won't be able to receive anything. Because when Shimon goes to Ruvain, and wants payment from Ruvain, we again have the rule of ha mitzmeh e Then unless he can prove that Ruvain is the one who owes him money, Ruvain is exempt from paying him, and the same goes for Levi. When Shimon goes to Levi to ask for money, again he has no proof that Levi himself owes him money, and therefore Shimon would not be able to collect money from neither Ruvain nor Shimon. However, if both of these oxen which were chasing after Shimon's ox belong to the same person, they both belong to Ruven. Vein, then, Shnei They would both be obligated, literally That means that the owner of both of them would be obligated to pay But even here, the rule of HaMitzim will still apply For example, If one of Ruven's oxen, which was chasing after Shimon's ox, was a large ox It was worth more, Echot Koton and one was worth less And both of them are a Tam Which means that it makes a big difference how much the Mazik's animal is worth Because that's the maximum he's going to have to pay So HaNizik omer, the Nizik claims HaGodol Hizik The animal which is worth more did the damage, the mazik oymay, but the mazik claims, loichi, that's not the case, salam, a cotton hizik. Maybe it was the smaller animal which did the damage, we don't know. And in a similar case, echot tam echad muod. If one of the animals which was chasing after Shimon's animal was a tam, and one of them was a muod. Ha nizik o'ymeh, the nizik claims ha hizik. The muod is the one which did the damage, so I should receive for, uh, full compensation. Va mazik but the mazik says, that's not the case, la tam hizik. My tam animal did the damage. Again, in this case, ha me haraya, the one who is trying to take money from someone else, meaning Shimon, needs to bring a proof that he's entitled to the larger amount, in order to receive anything. And the truth is, this rule of Hamitzah of Harai goes so far that in this case, he would be exempt from giving anything. We don't know what happened in the story. They're both making claims against each other, and Shimon is claiming from Ruvein a larger amount, and Ruvein is saying, I only owe you a smaller amount. The haloch is that Ruvein owes nothing, because Shimon is not claiming the smaller amount. They're talking about different things. Ruvein is claiming that a particular ox is the one which is owed to him, And Ruin admits that he owes him the other ox. So they're talking about different things. Shimon never claimed the other ox. So it actually emerges that Ruin will be exempt totally. However, that having been said, the law is that if Ruin, if Shimon comes and he takes the ox which Ruin said that he does owe him. He takes the smaller ox. Once he takes that as, as his payment, even though, strictly speaking, Ruben is not obligated to pay him, if Shimon does take it, then Ruben is not able to take it back. Because it is very possible that this is owed to Shimon. It's a doubt. So once he has actually taken it as payment, Ruben is not able to take it back. Right, continues the Mishnah, the animals that were injured were two, one was big, one was large, one was small, and there were two animals which did damage, one was large, one was, large, one was small. Meaning, Ruvain has two animals and Shimon has two animals. And we know as a fact that one of Ruvain's animals gored one of Shimon's animals, and the other animal of Ruvain gored Shimon's other animal. They so have got two animals which gored two animals, and the amount that he's going to have to pay will depend on which animal good which animal. The Nizek claims Hagodol, as Hagodol. The larger animal did damage to my larger animal, the sakoton, And your smaller, your animal which is worth less, did damage to my animal which is also worth less. The Nizek wants to make sure that the Nezek, which the mazik owes him for each one, assuming that they're both Tam... He wants to make sure that the animal which did the damage is worth at least nezek. If Ruben's animal which is worth a smaller amount did damage to Shimon's animal which is worth a lot, it could be that the, the, the nezek. Is actually more than the worth of ruined small animal. So Shimon would end up getting less than half of the value of the damage. So therefore Shimon claims that the larger one, worth more, did damage to my larger animal and the smaller one did damage to the smaller one. But Hamazik says, Logically, that's not the case. Rather, my smaller animal did damage to your larger animal and it's tough luck. That it's worth a bit less than Chetzinezek, and my larger animal did damage to your smaller animal, so for your smaller animal you'll get the full Chetzinezek. All right, what happens if the situation is one of the animals of Ruven was a tam and one of them was a muad? The muad is the one which did damage to my larger animal. So for my larger loss, I should receive the full compensation. And the tam did damage to my smaller animal. So for that, I, uh, I don't mind receiving only half. The But the mazik says loichi. That's not the case. Rather, the tam animal did damage to the larger animal of Shimon. And therefore, for the larger loss, you're only going to receive half compensation. And my more did damage to the smaller animal. And so for the smaller animal, I'm going to pay full compensation. In all of these cases, once again, Shimon, who is trying to take money from Ruvain is... He's the one who needs to bring a proof that he is entitled to what he's entitled to. And if he hasn't got witnesses, then he will receive nothing. Like we explained, the thing which Shimon is claiming, Ruben denies totally. And he admits to owing him something else. So really, he doesn't need to pay anything. Just at the end of the day, because it is a doubt, and Ruben possibly does owe Shimon, if Shimon takes... Payment from that which Ruin admitted to, then Ruin would not be able to take that back, and Shimon would be able to keep that as payment. But strictly speaking, Ruin is totally exempt from paying Shimon because of this rule of Hametz Mechavey Olaf Haraya. There is an argument between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel, which is not mentioned in this Mishnah explicitly. But the two opinions in our Mishnah, one of them follows Rabbi Akiva, one of them follows Rabbi Shmuel. We've seen that when a tam does damage, the nizuk has the right to collect the tam itself, the animal itself. If it's worth more than twenty nizuk, so then they would sell it, and the muzik would give the value, instead of the actual animal, to the nizuk. Now the fact that the nizak can take the actual animal is only according to Biakiva. Because according to Biakiva, when a tam does damage, the nizuk becomes an owner of the tam animal. And so that tam animal is now jointly owned by the mazik and the Nizak And how much of the animal does the Nizak own? However much the chetzinezik is worth. So if the chetzinezik is the entire worth of the animal, then he becomes the only owner of the animal. But if it's worth less, then he becomes a partner together with the mazik. On the other hand, Rabbi Shmoel understands that the nizek doesn't become an owner of the tam animal. Rather, he is just owed the value of chetzinezik by the mazik. Now, it could be, to Rabbi Shmoel, you would also be able to collect the ox itself. But the main obligation upon the mazik is that he owes him that amount of money. It's not a partnership. Rather, it begins with an obligation of the mazik to give the value of chetzinezek to the Nizak. But he does not become an owner, a partial owner of the animal. Now, the first opinion of our Mishnah holds like Rabbi Shmuel. And the scenario is where Shur, a, a, a Shur Tam, Shenogach Arbor Vachamisho shvarim it gored four or five other oxen, one after the other, and even though it's now gored more than three times, it is still a tam when it gores the fourth or fifth animal, because there was no time for them to go to basin. One can only become a muad if in between each of the three times that it gores, the muzzik goes to basin and the base then tell him to guard his animal better, but here that didn't happen, and therefore the animal is a tam for all of the animals, for all of the gorings. And the Gemara explains that the particular scenario which the mission is discussing is that after the animal gored the first animal, after, let's say, we'll call him Ruvain, Ruvain owns the tam, he is the mazik. After Ruvain's animal gored Shimon's animal, Shimon took hold of Ruven's animal, the tam. And when he took hold of that animal, he did that in order that he was able to collect payment. He doesn't want Ruvain to claim that he hasn't got any money, so he takes the actual animal, so that he can go to court and end up taking the animal, or if Ruvain says I'll give him money, then I'll give him money. But by taking the animal, he's making sure that he's guaranteeing that he will end up being paid. However, by lifting up the animal, or by taking hold of the animal, he becomes a shamer, somebody who is obligated to guard over that animal. That is the halacha, since he is owed money, by Ruvain, and he is taking one of Ruvain's items in order to make sure that Ruvain will pay him, he becomes a shamer of that item, which means that if that item, if the animal now goes and does damage, he, and only he, is the one who is responsible over it, because he has now obligated him to look after this animal and to make sure that it doesn't do damage. So it emerges that the second time that the tam does damage, Ruvain is totally exempt from paying for that, and only Shimon is obligated to pay for it. And that's what happened, and then, once it did that damage to Levi, Levi is the second Nizuk. so Levi did the same thing, he took hold of the animal in order to be able to demand payment from Shimon, but by doing so, he now becomes responsible to look over the animal, such that if the animal does damage, only Levi will be obligated to pay for the damage. So if we take a simple case where all of the animals are worth the same amount, then it emerges that Ruvain would pay Shimon, who had just passed over the money to Levi, who had passed over the money to Yehuda, etc. And so the Mishnah says, Yishalim la'achin shibahem, Ruvain should just pay the last one of them, and that way, all of them have fulfilled their obligation of paying for the, for the damage which they are responsible for. But if there is extra money left over, for example, the last, the final nizak, his animal was worth much less than the other animals, or than the previous nizak's animal. So the Chetzenezek was much less. So if, let's say for example, Yehuda was the third nizak, and Yisachar was the fourth nizak. and Yehuda's animal is worth 200 zuz, just like everybody before that, their animals are worth 200 zuz, but Yisachar's animal is only worth 50 zuz. So now Yehuda whose animal was worth 200 zuz. So he receives 100 zuz from Levi. Levi is responsible for Yehuda's damage, and the Chetzinezik is 100 zuz. So Yehuda receives 100 zuz from Levi. And Levi had in return received that from Shimon, Shimon received it from Ruvain. Be as it may, Yehuda now has 100 zuz, and he's responsible to pay for the damage done to Yesachar's animal. But that Chetzi Nezek is only half of 50, that's only 25 zuz. So he gives 25 zuz to Yisachar, but he's left with 75 zuz. So that's what the Mishnah means. The Mishnah by if there is extra money left over than Yassir is fun of, they should return that money to the previous Nezek, to Yehuda, who will also receive 75. So if you want to cut it short, Ruven should pay the 100 zuz which he's obligated to pay. He should pay 75 of it to Yehuda and 25 of it to Yisachar. If there is more left over, for example, Yehuda's animal was worth less than 200. Let's say it was only worth 150. So Levi, who received 100 zuz from Shimon, only needs to pay 75, half of 150, to Yehuda. So Levi will be left with 25. He only gives 75 out of the 100 he received to Yehuda, and he's left with 25. And the last one, the last nizah, he always gains the full chetzinezek. He has the right to be paid, and he's not responsible for any damage done to somebody else. He's the last one on the list. So he always gains the most, and then we go back, and if there's extra money, so we give it to Yehuda, to Levi, to Shimon, etc. To mayor, that is the opinion of mayor. and again, this is only because mayor holds like Rabbi Shmo'el. Because he holds like Rabbi Shmo'el, that means that before the Nizak takes hold of the animal, he's not obligated at all for the damage which is done by the animal, and by taking hold of it, he becomes responsible fully. Konjubi Akiva, they're already partners, so by taking hold of the animal, he doesn't become more responsible, he's already responsible. Even without taking hold of it, if the animal does damage again, then the Mazik and the Nizuk will have to pay, so lifting it up doesn't make him more responsible. However, to Shmai, that he does not have any ownership of the animal, by taking hold of the animal, he becomes fully responsible, and so the rest of the laws which we explained would follow. Rabbi Shimon, Shimon says, Shimon follows the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. And because of that, he says that If an ox which is worth 200 zuz calls another ox which is worth 200 zuz And the one which did the damage is a tam. And the animal which was damaged is now worth nothing. It's a dead animal and it's worth nothing. So he calls the damage of 200 zuz which means that he owes him 100 zuz. The Muzak should take hundred zuz and the nizik should take hundred zuz, meaning they should sell the tam animal and the mazik will take a hundred and the Nizak will take a hundred, which means effectively that the, ma- that the mazik would pay a hundred zuz to the Nizak. Now what happens if the animal went and gored another animal, which is also worth two hundred zuz? Because Reuven and Shimon, the mazik and the first Nizak are partners, they are both equally responsible for the next damage which is done. So now in the last one, Shimon Noytelmone, he definitely takes a hundred Zuz. He is owed the full Chetzinezek. But who does he take it from? He takes it from both of them, such that both Reuven and Shimon are left with 50 Zuz. Originally they took hundred Zuz each from the Selling the Tam. Now they're going to take 50 each because they both pay equally for the damage done to the next Nezek along the line. As the Misha says, Zeh Noytelmohamishem Zuz, Zeh Zuz. Reuven takes fifty zuz and Shimon takes fifty zuz. What happens if are aches of this same tum animal goes and does damage to another animal also worth 200 zuz. in the last niza he certainly takes hundred zuz. He is entitled to the full Chetzinezek. The question is, who does he take it from? He takes it from all of them. So until now, Reuven and Shimon had fifty zuz each of the animal? And Levi was entitled to a hundred. So each one of them now has to pay half of what they have to the new nizuk. So Levi would pay fifty out of his hundred, and he would be left with the telephone fon zuz. He would be left with fifty zuz. them, and the two first people, Reuben and Shimon, they also have to pay half of what they had rights to in the animal. They each had fifty, so they pay half of that, twenty-five, and they're each left with twenty-five a gold dinar, which is equivalent to twenty-five zuz, and again, all of this is because Rishimon holds like a Akiva, that the nizel becomes a partner, and he actually has ownership in the tam animal, and because of that, it also comes with his responsibility that he's automatically obligated to pay. Meaning he'll lose out on the part of the tam which he would have received if it does damage to somebody else. Now it's important to realise that Nizik would never actually lose out money from his own pocket. But the point is, the amount that he would have got from this tam animal, he loses out and he doesn't receive all of what he would have received. Mr Bates, until now we've assumed that a moor is any animal which calls three times once the owner is brought to Bastin three times, he becomes a muad, and he to have to pay a sick full compensation for the damage if the animal does it again. This Mishnah is coming to show us that there's such a thing as a muad for certain types of damage, but the animal can remain a tam for other types of damage. For example, shor shol amuad If a shor became a muad for its own species, meaning it gored another ox three times, then muad lishain but it's not a muad for other animals, it's had the opportunity to or another animal, let's say a camel, but it didn't go. When it sees camels, it's very calm and it doesn't gore. Or odom, it's a muad for goring people. The of hema, but it's not a muad for goring other animals. It's very calm when it's around other animals. It has become a muad for goring young children or young animals. The but it's not a muad for goring older or bigger animals or people. Which would make sense, it might be a bit more scared, and it wouldn't start up on something bigger than it. Says the Mishnah, we indeed consider him a mord for certain things. Eschehu mordlai, that which he has become a mord for, and we see that he is prone to do that sort of, sort of, sort of damage. Misham Nezek who would have to pay Nezek Sholim if it does that again. but that which he has not become a mord for yet. Misham Chetzinezek, the owner, the Mazik, would only have to pay Chetzinezek if it does that damage. Omul Shemi Huda. People said in front of Rabbi Yehuda. his students asked him, what about a case where an ox became a muad, he became a muad and he was prone to gore, specifically on Shabbos. The whole week he would see other animals, he wouldn't do anything, but it came Shabbos and he started goring But he's not a muad, he's not prone to do damage on a regular weekday. Is there such a thing? Do we make him a muad specifically for Shabbos? Rabbi Yehuda said to them, yeah, in the Shabbos of if he ghouls again on Shabbos, the owner would have to pay Nezek shalem because he's mood for Shabbos. But if he galls on a weekday, the owner would only have to pay Nezek because it is still a time for a weekday. One explanation is that on Shabbos the animal doesn't work, so it's not doing anything, and if it's not busy, that is what causes it to do more damage. Alternatively, the Shalmi says that people would wear more colourful clothes on Shabbos, which could also perhaps have agitated the animal and caused it to be confused and gorgeous now, in such, a, in such a scenario, when would the animal stop being a mood? We learnt earlier on in the Maserta that if an animal gores three times, let's say three days running, and then it goes for three days running where it sees other animals and it doesn't gore. So it goes back to being a tam. But in this case, if it's a murad only for Shabbosais, so does that mean that it would become a tam by the, next, by the time it comes to the next Shabbos, it's already gone three days without goring. So the Mishnah asks, utam, when does it become a tam? Obviously not every week. Rather, if it goes three Shabbosais where it sees other animals and it doesn't gore, so then we see that it has indeed calmed down even for that which it is a mood for. So if it is a mod four, that's how it would become a tum again if it doesn't do that specific damage when it has the chance to do, to do so. Gimel a regular Jew's ox Hekdash, which gored an ox which belongs to the beis hamikdash or if an ox belongs to the beis hamikdash and it galls it galls a regular Jew's ox potter, in both cases the owner would be exempt the treasury of the beis hamikdash would not need to pay and likewise the owner of the animal would not need to pay to the beis hamikdash as the pasuk says when it talks about an ox doing damage it says that this only applies if it does damage to Shuri Ehu, to the ox of his friend, meaning a regular person, where the mazik and the Nizak are both regular people. Veloi Shoshal Hekdosh that excludes if one, either the mazik or the Nizak is, um, the Beza the treasury of the Besameikdash. All right, what happens if a Jew's ox goes a non-Jew's ox? Potter, he is exempt from paying for the damage. One reason given for this is that in non-Jewish law, if somebody's animal does damage to somebody else's animal, they wouldn't be obligated to pay at all. So we give the same law to a Jew who does damage to the non-Jew whose animal does damage to the non-Jew. And if he would be, also be exempt. However, says the Mishnah, nachri, Yisrael, if a non-Jew's ox calls a Jew's ox, then bain tam bain muad, whether it's a tam or a muad, is a he always needs to pay full compensation for the damage done. And the reason for this is because the non-Jews weren't particular about guarding their animals from causing damage to other people. And so to make sure that they would guard their animals properly, the law is that they are required to pay for full compensation when their animals do damage. That would make sure they would indeed guard the animals and the world will be a much safer place.